Hami here, founder, CEO, 6AM Run, 6AM Run family, 6AM runners, 6AM podcast listeners. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited for my next guest. I should have in the pre-call confirmed the last name. I know I won't mess up the first name, but Troy, can you introduce yourself and give everyone the introduction and your background? I'm, yeah. I, I want to get right to this because Troy, in our pre-call, you have me ready to run through a wall. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, actually. So my last name is pronounced Izmir because uh, I had to ask you how to pronounce your first name. So I was going to say Hammy, like pull a Hammy, but it's Hami like Tommy. So yeah, we have different first name and different last name. But hey, it's great to be here. And, you know, we've already connected before we hit the record button. And as far as who I am, you know, that's always a very broad question. And actually, I'm getting away from labeling myself. Like, you know, and that's one thing that I've done a lot of, like, I'm an athlete, I'm a football player, I'm a, I'm a cyclist, I'm a coach, all these things, which it's true. I do all those things, but it's not actually who I am. And it's taken me a long time to get to that point. And it's just like, to me, who I am, I'm just like spiritual essence. It's just like embodying my true nature. So my goal for this podcast is to just show up as myself, Mm -hmm. sharing my heart. And my heart is to help people get out of quiet desperation, helping them to live a life of divine inspiration. And if we look around at a world today, we're just talking about this, that there's so much desperation out there, suffering, and a lot of it is in, in silence. So my work is really how to help people live a divinely inspired life. And I do that in a multitude of ways. But that's, that's a little bit about me and who I am right now. But if we can, do you mind? Can we get into the history? You um, can where ask me anything where you want. Started? I'm an open book. No, so, <laughs> so one thing I love, it's funny, starting this company, I had no idea that, and, I, and I, just to share with you, we didn't share this in the pre-call, you know, I had no idea that it's going to be a community of, I'm 42, so mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was a 6AM run customers were going to be going through, I kind of did know, I shouldn't say that, yeah. but it was going to be through people going through what I'm going through. Now, obviously, as I get older, but it'll be that like 30 plus year olds mm-hmm. that are like, oh my God, my body's deteriorating. Okay. I, I'm not the athlete. You know, I, I, I think you, you may know from following up or, or researching us, you know, 6AM run started because my body was deteriorating mm-hmm. and I needed the right nutrition to carry on the lifestyle I wanted to. So if we could, where I'm getting at. So if we could kind of say, okay, where Troy started from, Mm. what got you to this point, and maybe some people you've helped that said, okay, I need to kind of maybe spread the message. Do you mind kind of going a little deeper dive into yourself, please? So my journey, I mean... Perfect way to say it, your journey. I mean, I've been an athlete my whole life. I still am. I think we're all athletes to some extent. Like the first word out of my mouth was ball. It wasn't mom. It wasn't dad. It was ball. So football, basketball, baseball, it defined my life. I love sports. I'm a very kinesthetic person. Was a great athlete. Still, I still consider myself a great athlete. I'm I'm about to turn 55. So, oh my god, uh, yeah, I know it's just time flies. So I I played football in college. That was my dream was to play for the Minnesota Vikings. I grew up in North Dakota, so you either cheered for the Minnesota Vikings or the Green Bay Packers. Right. I chose the Minnesota Vikings. I lived, breathed. That was my dream. That was my vision. I had no doubt in my mind I was going to play for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I went to their football games. I would sit outside in freezing cold weather. I didn't care. I was just so passionate about it. So I got a a scholarship to play at the University of North Dakota, Division II school at the time. 
And I was just like, okay, my dream is coming true. Yes, it's a small school, but I mean, I grew up in North Dakota. You either went to North Dakota or you went to NDSU, which is the one that's won championship after championship. And unfortunately, my sophomore year, I had a very serious knee injury. I was like the fifth game. So I blew out my ACL, my MCL, and my PCL. So three out of the four knee ligaments, uh, I just totally blew out. And the surgeries back then are obviously a little bit different. So I got about a foot and a half of scars on my knee. My career was over. I had major knee surgery. And I was lost. I was a lost soul for... Oh gosh, probably about a year, year and a half. So so there's no, there was no way they had basically mentioned there was no way of being, because look, I'm learning. My daughter's 14. Mm. I know. And she's in basketball and a little bit recruited now. What I'm learning is D2, D3. There's, that's still high level, by the way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's very high level. Out here, we're University of Delaware. We have Mm. Was the QB uh, Flacco, for example, he came out of University of Delaware, yeah. and that's too. So football, especially. But where I'm getting at is, did they tell you, or when the surgery was done, you just could tell you're not at that high level anymore? Yeah, I knew as soon as it happened, my career was over. I had a 280 pound uh, offensive lineman fall on the lateral aspect of my knee, so it was at 90 degrees. And so I was the way they did it back then. I was in a cast for two months, and it just. A lot of scar tissue had built up. So it took me two years to really get back to where I could function at a fairly normal level. Did that, uh, by the way, when that happens to a college athlete, do you mind if I ask, did that yeah, set uh, school back at all? Like, did you, because college is, let's be honest too, college is not easy either. Right. Yeah. So did that affect education as well? Yeah. So I was determined. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty determined person that I was going to graduate on time. So I missed I love about okay. yeah I missed about two months of actual class time, but I had people bring the assignments. I worked with professors. When I could finally get to class, here's a funny story. So went to Grand Forks, North Dakota, University of North Dakota, middle winter time. I have crutches on. I would drive in my car. My it was my right leg. I'd have my right leg propped up on the seat. I would operate the gas with my my left foot i would have i did have a handicap parking sticker which was very legit and then somebody would feel sorry for me carry my book bag but trying to navigate in grand forks north dakota on crutches in the middle winter time the crutches would kind of slide out from underneath me but i would be dripping sweat but cold so long story short I was determined to graduate on time. So I graduated with a degree in psychology. I think I finished with a 3.5 GPA. But it was a a really dark time in my life. I lost my identity. So, you know, we so often get so caught up in this. Like I was a football player. And once that's gone, like, who am I? So I, I grasped onto bodybuilding. I just threw myself into bodybuilding through all the rehab I did for my knee. I spent a lot of time alone in the gym. And then I started to connect with other people that were into this, this community. So I became a bodybuilder. So I went from Troy, the football player to Troy, the bodybuilder. And I know most of your community are runners. So probably the identity is I am a runner, which is okay. But if something happens, you know, say you get injured or something like that, all of a sudden you don't know who you are. So I went through a really dark time, um, was pretty depressed 
because I lost who I was at that time. So, you know, that's, that's kind of carried me through most of my life until I've kind of discovered this spiritual aspect of who I am. So I'm really about integrating mind, body, and spirit, because I think if we're, if we're not integrated as whole beings, we're just, we're not going to be fulfilled. We're not going to be completely happy or joyful in this life. So that's really the work that I've come to in my life. I've spent many, many hours in the gym. I'm not a runner because I blew out my knee, but I've been a cyclist for, well, I started cycling after I blew out my knee. And I'm avid cyclist. I was in Boulder, Colorado for a few years, and now I just moved out to Jacksonville, Florida. I crashed three times on my gravel bike in three months. So there was kind of a sign that maybe something needs to change a little bit in my life. I was doing some hardcore gravel biking and for whatever reason, I crashed a few times. But uh, so I'm I'm kind of being led in, in different directions to be kinder and more loving to this precious, almost 55-year-old body. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you have to be. So let me, I want to go back though, because you mentioned something. I think- yeah. You know, so I was a soccer player. I was better mm-hmm. at soccer. What I wanted in my mind, I was like, I was going to be like the next Michael Jordan, right? And mm-hmm. I think you need as a child, I think you need to have the big dreams, mm-hmm. whether that's to even be a fireman, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think as adults, if the kid, if, if I jokingly, if, if my kid said, I want to be a fireman, A, I don't want you to die. <laughs> B, I know what they make. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, But I think you need to have those wild imaginations, mm-hmm. those dreams. Absolutely. I, I think we never should deter our kids from that. So I think as we get older, then it's about, okay, what have I done with my life? What am I going to do with my life? Mm, right. Yeah. And for me, I kind of got lost. I knew I was going to be a great dad. That was okay. That was a given, but it also to me, then it became, and I'll, I'll share this. I don't think people understand this too. 6am run. I started it because I wanted to do something and, and fix a, a need that I knew needed to be fixed in the nutrition world because runners didn't have the right nutrition. But then it also became, well, you know, what's really cool is if I really give myself up to this thing, if I really put it all in, if we really go all in on this, that can be something that God forbid, knock on wood, you know, I pass away tomorrow. I can at least be more proud of. I was, you know, I had a great six figure job in corporate America, right? But working for a bank and putting people in credit card debt wasn't (laughs) something I didn't want that. Not that that would be put on my tombstone, right? But like, that's not what I wanted. My last totally resonate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll actually, yeah, I part, that's part of my story too. And I can share a little bit when you're done, but yeah. So, so no, that's what I'm getting at. So it's really, you really got to find yourself. Now, sometimes yeah. it might take a really low tragedy to bring that out. And I think that's where the cliche of time will tell or time will heal all wounds. Those are so many cliche quotes, but they're cliche and they're there because it's people that have gone to get to the other side know what's waiting for them. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. So a little bit more of my story. So I was in health and fitness, got a master's degree in exercise and sports science. It was was great. It was definitely my passion. So I ran a huge health club uh, in Orlando. It was a 365,000 square foot facility. I was in charge of 30 trainers and nutritionists, got a little burnt out, Uh, had two little kids and was working 70 hours a week. So I transitioned out of that and got into pharmaceutical sales. And I did it so I could be present for my kids and be a father that was there for them and could go to all their sporting events, which is great. I did it for 17 years. 
and it provided. I have no regrets. It provided for my family. I love being a, a dad. I have two kids. Can we, can we real quick? We missed we miss that. Uh, father, how many? Uh, two. So they're a little bit older. My son, Travis, is 26. He lives in South Florida. And my daughter, Sydney, is 25. She lives in Colorado. So I got one in Florida, one in Colorado, both great kids. And one thing that was really important to me is to be there for my kids. And being in pharmaceutical sales allowed that in my life and to provide the living that I wanted to give my kids and save for college and all those things. So I have no regrets. Now, let me ask you this real quick. Let me, let me, because mine is 14. My 14 year old swears dad's an idiot. Doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> at 25, at least, am I there? Because I feel like sometimes I didn't yeah. listen to my dad till maybe 30. <laughs> at 25, are they listening to you a little more now? Do they know that well, you at least know something? Like, you know, I feel like the kids don't think we know or they don't feel like we've yeah. been there. And I, by the way, I felt the same way about my dad, by the way, yeah. but, and my mom. But are they better now than mine? Mine at 14, would you say? So I will tell you that both of my kids are my best friends. In a very, I'm their guide, so to speak, right now. And, you know, which is cool. They call me and say, Dad, you know, this is what I'm going through. Because you want that. You want them to be the biggest, deepest, darkest problem. If they can't share it with you, you yeah. Yeah. So my parenting philosophy, if we're going to want to go a little bit of parenting, I always gave my kids a really long leash, so to speak, you know, age appropriate. And they got a long leash as long as they, you kind of listened and did what they were supposed to do. So I gave them a lot of freedom. And if they didn't listen or they didn't do what their expectations were, then it got a little stricter and a little bit stricter. And fortunately, that worked out pretty well for my kids. And honestly, I can say that I didn't really have a lot of challenges with my kids other than, you know, the typical, my son was into gaming and, you know, he'd stay up till five o'clock in the morning. I I would be getting up and he'd still be awake doing that. Um, But what was cool, he decided on his own, like, he wasn't performing up to his ability in school. So he, on his own, sold all his gaming stuff, which was really cool. I was not a perfect dad. I put a lot of pressure on my kids to excel in sports because they were both great athletes and I saw this greatness in them and I kind of got caught up in that. So if there's one thing that I could do differently, I would say to my younger parenting self, let them find their path. You know, they're great athletes. If they're meant to get a college scholarship, great. If they're meant to be pro athletes, great. But so you know, if they don't want that, to practice, I, they don't have to. Yeah. Right. So that, that's what I would do differently. And that's tough. And, and to your, it is. you said it, the tough part is, and I tell my daughter this, because I'm, I'm like that now. And I love that you're saying that. I want to go back to your pharmaceutical sales. Because yeah. that kind of brings this around. Part of what I love, my daughter had a game at four o'clock the other day. Well, guess what? I'm going to have to leave work at 3.30, go to her game, and then I'll finish up emails at six o'clock at night. That's fine. But, and to your point, and I want to get back to that. I know we went a little off subject, but I think what's the worst, and I tell my daughter this, I try to communicate why I tell her though. And I have, by the way, I'm learning to back off because like you said, they kind of get to the point where they take the ship and they they steer it. Yeah. But I tell, I've always told her, look, at some point you have to be honest with yourself jokingly and i and she if she hears this one day if he sucked i wouldn't he sucked, like I'll, I'll tell you my six-year-old and i joke with my six-year-old yeah. i don't know about that one yet right 14 year olds got some game so yeah, it's like so but, so that's the worst part i think and you kind of said that when you see there's something there mm. but you bring it home 
it's not that there's something there. It's also that they've got to have that passion for it is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, they have to have that passion within them. Like for me, I was so passionate about football. It's like my parents never told me once to go practice or go run. Exactly. Or I'd get up at 6 a.m. Ah, <laughs> there you go. When I was in sixth grade before school and I'd go run like three to five get miles. Like, like who does That's that? Passion. You know, that was just who I was. So I didn't necessarily see that in my kids. I saw the athletic ability. I'm like, man, if I had your athletic ability and my drive and my right. passion, like, Oh my gosh, but that's their journey. It's not my journey. And that's one thing that I've really learned. Like we can't live our lives, no matter what age we are through other people. Yes, we need to be present for our kids. But if we're getting our joy and happiness just from our kids, it puts so much pressure on them that it really leads to not very happy kids and not very happy adults. So learning just like let them live their life of course it's age dependent and we're there to guide them and support them but really i think the bottom line message is for kids to know that they're loved for who they are and not what they do it's not how they perform on the athletic field it's not how they perform in school yes we want them to do their best but we love them no matter what and that's the message um, that I think it's so important because it's easy to say, you know, you're, you're amazing on the football field and which is great. You know, we want to support that, but it's really who they are as human beings. So they're really secure on that. Even if they play bad or have a bad day, it's okay. It's just my, my, my thing. I'll say this and it starts off in sports. Cause I love sports. I love yeah. you. Obviously I, I own a company that, that caters to some athleticism, yeah. but what I tell my older one, I have a better conversation with than the six-year-old six-year-old is obviously not there yet, but yeah. I say, I really don't. Steph Curry doesn't make every basket. Right. But I say it's effort and in yeah. life and even getting a C in a class for me, it's effort. I'm only going to be mad. I don't care if you missed every shot. You played the, sh- I curse a little bit, Troy. If you played the <laughs> shittiest game of your life, I don't care. But if you didn't give me the effort, yeah. right? And by the way, and this is what I tell her, the days you don't want to give the effort, don't screw your teammates over by even going on that floor, right. right? I'd much rather you say, hey, you know, I don't have it in me today. I don't want to be here right now. But if you walk onto the court, just give me the effort. And you know, and that's the beauty you can tell. I and mean, you're an athlete, you know, yeah. you know, when someone's half-assing it and you know, when someone's giving you their full potential, I would. And even I was talking to a teacher one time and they were saying like, if I have a student that has a C, but I know that that student worked their ass off to get that C, yeah. I'm so proud. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, if I have a student that got the C, but I know they didn't do anything mm-hmm. and they just are coasting. I got to push them to get an A. Yeah, everybody's an individual. And I think that's if we treat people as individuals and not put these parameters or conditions on it. And just, you know, I think that's the big thing is allowing people to be themselves as children, as adults, being truly who we are. And there's so much social conditioning that's out there with social media. And, you know, like I said, my only goal for this podcast is to show up as who I am, as my authentic self, my true nature, and not really worry about other people's opinion of me. And that's taken me a long time 
to get to. You know, I've had this bodybuilding image for years, you know, that I've kind of protected myself with. And I'm learning to let that go. I mean, I'm practicing Qigong, which I never thought. It's like um, an inner martial arts. I, I took okay. that up after I crashed on my bike three times. And, you know, it's like Tai Chi. And I used to see people doing Tai Chi, you know, the movements in the park. I'm like, that's really weird. Who would do that, right? And now I'm doing it. And I actually did it in the park for the first time, kind of overcoming this what is this person going to think about me if I'm doing these? Right, slow, right. Not care, not care. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I'm doing it right next to a Frisbee golf, disc golf place. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird too. Like you got this round object and they're throwing it into this metal cage. Well, that's weird. And then if you think about football, you got 11 people putting pads on, beating the shit out of themselves. Like, yeah. well, that's weird too. So it's really getting to that point, and this is what I'm learning on my journey, to embrace my weirdness. Like, be me, and if I want to practice Qigong and practice this getting powerful from the inside in this inner core being of who I am, it's okay. Not everybody's going to understand that, and I don't need them to. You're, you're, and also, too, I think you have, um, if you don't mind, you seem yeah. like a tall, uh, what's your height, if you don't mind me asking, Troy? I'm 5'10". But, okay, so but yeah. maybe it's because and you, I, I'm I, and guys, I we unfortunately do audio. <laughs> we do audio, but Troy, you can visibly tell when he says bodybuilding. Let's just put it this way: like I'm five ten, maybe a buck sixty. I would not get in a fight with you, sir. But I'm well, saying so. So it's like the fitness aspect you can tell. But I think I want to get back a little bit to what you were saying on the embrace your weirdness too. You know, I think a lot of us also put emphasis on fitness and looks. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's sometimes not for ourselves. It's yeah. to impress others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I lifted in college also and I did all that. Like, but it was like, I'll, I'll give you a joke. We would joke at the gym, even though it was college and you had to go to so many different classes and you didn't have like a locker in college. Mm -hmm. Like, but we would joke, like, man, I think I'm going to kid take a couple books out of my book bag and carry them so my arm looks big. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, like, it's, there, but why you do that? You do that because yeah. you want, like, there's, things you do for other people to see that you really, when you get older, you just stop giving a shit. Like I'm me, you're either going to yeah. like me or not. And if you don't even better. Well, the reality is we are spiritual beings in a physical body. That is reality. Yes, I mean, I mean, you know, whatever your spiritual or not spiritual beliefs are, I played the body image game and I still, you know, it's important. I want to look good, but a little inside scoop, because I've been in the health and fitness industry for about 30 years. The health and fitness industry is not very healthy. Right. It, so I, I beat the living shit out of myself as a bodybuilder, as a football player, as a cyclist. Like I look good on the outside, but every the scars inside. Yeah, the scars inside and tendonitis and inflamed joints and all that stuff. So I look good. So I put this image up there as a bodybuilder. And at my biggest, I was 5'10 and I probably weighed 210 pounds. All natural never did steroids, was accused of doing steroids, which I guess is a compliment, but I worked my ass off in the gym. And it's amazing what we can do when we completely dedicate ourselves to our passion and sure. our craft and all that stuff. So whatever I do, I do it very passionately. Go back to that effort. It's about I go back to that effort. And it's, I loved it. I loved my time in the gym. Again, it became my body image. 
my identity. And now I do. I weigh about, I'm probably about 165. I actually, I feel great for somebody that's got a, I got a bionic knee and a bionic hip. So I have a, a hip resurfacing about seven years. And I was just thinking about this the other day. It's like, wow, I'm really bionic. I am the bionic man. I said, the, so I'm trying to think positively, like, you know, with this body, I have a, I got a, a staple and a screw in my right knee. And then I got a ball and socket metal hip in my left hip. So I'm pretty bionic, but it hasn't, I mean, I've done multiple century bike rides. I play golf. I still lift weights a lot. The only thing I really don't do is run. And I wish I could. I would love to run a marathon. I think it's cool. What a better way to connect spiritually than to go out for a run. To be well, it, it also, I'll tell you too, and you're doing it, it. It's all about channeling, right? So you're doing it and you're just running, running, lifting, meditating, even if it's not, it doesn't have to be physical. Like it's, let's just take meditation for a second. It's just escaping reality for a second, right? Like you can have 500 bills that are due, right? The reality is while maybe you might lose a home, while maybe you might lose power, you know, I hate that. I hate the adage, but it's not like that bill kills you right? Like I I know this is very extreme, but you still can go for a second run. And what might happen on a run is, okay, you know what? You can kind of come, and I'm saying this long-winded, but you'll see where I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. You can maybe compartmentalize it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe what I'm going to do this month is I know I can skip my car payment this month and pay the electric bill. And I know the car doesn't get repossessed for three months, but I know the electricity is about to get cut off. So I got to pay that bill. And what I think running or lifting or meditating can at least do is compartmentalize your thoughts so you can plan. I feel like to your point, you even just said this, what you can't do is give up, right? Right. But if you can get to a state of mind where you can calm down, and for some people it's spirituality does that, Mm -hmm. where you can just calm yourself, put every problem in front of you and then rank them and say, let's do that. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's just not taught or shared. It's not something you learn in a class. No, you kind of have right? to, unless you're very fortunate and maybe have a mentor or right. a coach or, you know, a very enlightened parent, it's you kind of have to find your own journey and your own path. And I think meditation, whether it's moving meditation or you're sitting still, I think I'm a believer in doing both. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I walked on the beach yesterday for an hour and 45 minutes and had a beautiful moving meditation. It was amazing. But I also make sure that I sit still and just practice this inner peace and be aware of what my thoughts are so I can be more peaceful as I go throughout my day and maybe get those bills that are not so much fun or, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic or you can just stay in that state of of inner peace. And I think we all want inner peace, right? We all want inner joy and we can get it temporarily through running. And really the goal for me is to be in that state of inner peace all the time, as much as possible, right? It's a really <laughs> not an well, easy but here's, thing to do. Here's, and here's where I think you've also said it's getting there, but it's also remember, I think it's okay And what I'm learning from this conversation, I love these podcasts because I feel like I'm getting to become a better person by seeing all these different perspectives. I think what I'm learning from you is it's also okay that that happiness, happiness is not a forever state. Let's also be honest. 
right? Yeah, I mean, it's we get shown things in our lives, right? So I've been traveling for the last five months. I just been like, okay, I'm I'm just going to go explore the country and see some different areas, which has been great. So my Airbnb that I've been renting Airbnbs for the last five months, which is I've met some great people, been some great places. So my Airbnb was coming to an end the end of this month. And I didn't really know where I was going to live. <laughs> you know, uh, so I was exploring to another Airbnbs, maybe look at buying a house, maybe renting an apartment again. So I, I think I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I have this inner peace. And then all of a sudden, like my mind just starts spinning out of control. So I didn't sleep for four nights because I didn't know where I was going to live come February 28th. So until we're like faced with these challenges, we right. don't really know where we're at in our inner peace journey. And I found I have a lot of work to do. So I kept saying, yeah, I'm just going to go with the flow and I'm good. It'll turn out exactly the way it's supposed to. And I've always been somebody that, okay, I need this piece to fit in here and this piece to fit in there. And I want it to go this way. So I, I thought maybe I was a little further along with that. Like, eh, it'll work out. I'm just going to go with the flow. But it turned out I lost four nights sleep over it because of this uncertainty. So I have a long ways to go in my journey of embracing uncertainty. So my hope is the next time, because it worked out exactly the way it's supposed to. And it's good. I'm, I'm going to be in a beautiful place. And it, it just turned out perfectly for what I'm wanting to do. But yet I was trying to control that. Right. So I always say you can't let go. But I think, too, you have to, you know, you still have to do some things, right? Like I yeah, think things will balance. always work out the way they're meant to be. But mm -hmm. also you can't just say, you know, like, I know we keep using it. Bills for me is just a, obviously, <laughs> you know, a lot of people. And, and by the way, because even our company right now, right? Like it's like, you know, we have to figure out ways to keep the doors open every day. Yeah, I got to figure out ways to pay my employees, right? Yeah. So bills play a huge part in my daily life. But I think that, yes, you have to sometimes say it'll work out. But at the same time too, I can't just ignore, right? Like, you know what right. I mean? Or else the company goes under. I love your, but you still, yeah, no, I listen everything you're saying. I, I, it makes a hundred percent sense. I know, but then, you know, you say, I think faith can sometimes play a, a large role in that. You know, I think sometimes you have to have a North compass, if that's the word I'm looking mm -hmm. for. Right. One thing I, like I said, we, you and I talked in the pre-call, I'm not the biggest like faith person. I don't speak about it a lot, but what I like about faith are also your, there's principles and there's right. Like there's, the, the Ten Commandments, the, you know, treating people with the golden rule. There's so many aspects of faith that I think are really good aspects, not good, but great. And those are things that I think, whether you are an atheist or you're a person of faith, that doesn't mean you can't have morals. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so for me, where I've landed with spirituality, and I think it's a very individual thing, right? I think so much has gone wrong with religion because it's, I'm good, you're bad. I'm right, you're wrong. If you're not part of this religion, then you know, you're know you on the outside, you're going to hell. So for me, spirituality is very individualized, just like nutrition is very individualized. So there's no one... No two right, people are the same. There's no one right path. So whether you're Taoist or Buddhist or Hindu or Christian, to me, it's getting rid of the labels. Like, 
I believe in spirituality. I believe that I have a creator. I believe there's something greater than myself. Like, how does my heart beat, you know, without me trying to beat it? How do I breathe without me trying to breathe? Yes, I can hold my breath, but only for a certain amount of time. I'm trying to get better at that. So to me, that's spirituality. And I was raised in a very conservative Christian. My dad was a pastor. So it's taken me a long time to get to find my own journey. And what I thought what my journey was really isn't my journey. And that's where learning to show up as myself and letting other people show up as themselves without having to judge, without having to criticize, without having to make somebody else wrong. And that really is my message. And I respect where other people are on their journey, you know, and that's their journey. And my only job is to show people love and compassion and share what I'm learning on my journey, my wisdom, and people can do with it what, you know, what. Well, that, and that's, like. that's, that's, that's our thing too. I don't feel like it's like some, it's some, sometimes it's some comedy shows, but I, I, regardless how big you are, how strong you are, I think too, sometimes some people, they literally might just need a hug, right? Or like they literally just meet, might need some love. So I, I'll give you a perfect example. Mm. I have a dog, love my dog to death, right? I do. But I had noticed the other night, dog jumps on the bed, comes up to me and literally I start petting the dog and he plops down. And it was almost as if I'm using this as an example and I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But I was like, I said to myself, I'm like, this animal just wanted some love. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Right. And the dog was fed. The dog was walked. I then tell myself as I'm going through that moment, I was like, man, I really like have neglected this dog for a couple of weeks, mm. like in terms of petting him yeah. and talking to him in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So for me, when I finally had a second and he came up on the bed and sat next to me and I petted him and he laid down, I was telling myself, I'm like, I wonder how happy he is right now. Mm. Like he's like, holy shit, this dude just showed me love because yeah. again, you know, you think like, all right, I fed him. I walked him. The necessary needs are done, right. but I didn't pet him, hold him for a second. Like, And that's humans too, by the way. Absolutely. And I've gotten to this point where, you know, this one thing I think a lot of people struggle with, like, what is my purpose? What is my, I'll call it my outer purpose? You know, how am I going to make this big impact in the world? And what's my legacy going to be? And it puts a lot of pressure. So I'm just practicing is just like when I'm out walking, I'm just going to, I'm going to make eye contact, whether they make eye contact with me and not in a weird, creepy way, but I'm just going to, look at them. I'm going to smile, you know, and I'm going to say hi or good morning or how are you or just that's it. And who knows, you know, maybe somebody goes through their whole day and they don't have somebody smile or say hi. Or, you know, there was a a guy picking up garbage today in the park, you know, that he was a worker there. And I just said, Hey, how you doing? How's your morning going? And then we, I had my dog. So that totally resonates with me. And we just had a five minute conversation about the dog and he wanted to take her home. I'm like, no, she's not. She's not for sale. She gives me so much unconditional love. Just doing these little things, especially in the world that we live in today, yep. is we think we have to do these big things. And, you know, I, Mother Teresa said, do small things with lots of love. And we can change the world by just having our own inner peace and sharing that with other people, whether it's with yeah. your dog, whether it's with yeah. another person. You're right. We all want to 
feel love. And I think ultimately we want to give love. We, we just get caught up in our own spinning world, which I get because I've been there for a long, oh. long time. You, you go up and down. It's uh, one last thing I'll say on that. There's a Instagram viral video. Hmm. It's a group of California influencers or something. And one of their things was like, they just walk up to random strangers and compliment them. Yeah. And it, it, the strangers were like, Wait, well, well, like, like it catches yeah. them off guard, but they Absolutely. smile, yeah. right? Like, oh my God, you just, something. oh my God, those jeans are beautiful. Those jeans yeah. look beautiful on you, yeah. right? Like, and the, the woman's like, you can tell it just made her day, smiles, right? So Troy, I, I know we're pressed for time. This was an amazing conversation. <laughs> did I, did I miss something asking you that you wanted to touch on? Please, like, as we kind of come toward the last pun intended lap here. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I think the conversation unfolded exactly how it's supposed to. I love having these conversations. I'm usually on the other end because I have my podcast. Yeah, it, real quick, say, say your yeah. channels, say your socials. Anyone can want to reach out to you and just even talk to you. I think, you know, you seem so wise beyond your years. Like, please take this moment. And we'll put that in the description, by the way. But how can someone reach you, your show, things like yeah. that? Yeah, so my podcast is called Barbells and Brothers. It's geared towards men, but I think it's appropriate for sure. anybody. And it's really, it's about helping men to dream again, to take a chance on themselves so they can live a life that makes them feel fully alive. So you can go to barbellsandbrothers.com or troyismere.com. And those are the best places to find me. I'd love to hear from people. So feel free to send out uh, an email, troy at barbellsandbrothers.com. And I'm just really passionate about helping men dream again, uh, whether it's through finding themselves through athletics, rediscovering their inner athlete, or discovering that spiritual essence of maybe they've gotten away from because they were hit over the head with uh, religious dogma. So I'm just open to being led where I'm supposed to go, who I'm supposed to help. And right, right. I'm grateful I get to do what I do. I quit pharmaceutical sales about five years ago to become self-employed. And it's just been an amazing journey. And the people that I've met, I'm just really grateful to be able to work, do the work that I do and meet people from all over the world, the, the country. Thing. And the thing, just like you, what you said, the best thing about doing the podcast is I get to meet really cool people that are passionate about what they do. And I learned so much from my guests that I really feel like kind of a selfish way that my podcast is for me. And then I share it out. So I honor what you're doing, that you're doing something bigger than a supplement, which we all need supplements. I mean, I take my supplements as well, but it's bigger than that. I think the thing that I saw about what you're doing, Hami, is the community that you're building, a place you, where we can encourage and inspire one another and lift each other up. So my tagline is to lift your spirit. So I'm here to lift your spirit, however that is, however that shows up. Maybe it's just a high and a smile, or maybe it's really helping people to transform every area of their life. And yeah, so that's that's a little bit about me and where you can find me. Troy, no, this was, again, like I told you, I'm ready like to take on my day. <laughs> You know, I'm so thankful for the hour we got. Absolutely. Um, I will we'll put all that down. All you guys can reach out to Troy for sure. Personally, Troy, I'll, I'd like to stay in touch with you and Absolutely. have you back on and maybe yeah. in a few months. And then also too, with you being an activist with your podcast, 
we got to get you regardless whether I know, I know we talked about running, but uh, it's all a very similar path. Mm-hmm. So we got to get you some 6am run gear and some stuff. I'll do that. You <laughs> yeah, and I will stay in touch very soon. Yeah. Actually, not, okay. not even that, but, um, and I'll, I'll definitely let you know when we're going to publish this in a couple of weeks. Okay. So we're just about a couple of weeks behind for those that are listening. I'm getting better at these podcasts, which is cool too. So trying to let my guests speak as, and, and shut up, but uh, <laughs> thank you so you much again. Thank you so much. And we, we, we definitely will hear from you soon and we really appreciate your time. Thank you, Troy. All right. My pleasure. And thanks for having me on the show.